0: Hello, I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk, where we take a unique view of world events. We report news as history. With me today is the editor of StrategyPage.com and well-known military author, Jim Dunnigan. Associate editor and syndicated columnist, Austin Bay, also joins us. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Over the uh, weekend before we recorded this call, the Koreans set off a 102. 20 kiloton bomb, supposedly. Um, Some places say
1: uh, 140, others 160, but it's over 100 100 KT, yeah.
0: Uh, Jim, it looks like we've got military options now on the table, not just from talking about them, but, I mean, real preparation. So what what is the military options there in Korea?
2: Well, the one—the only one that's been spoken about—is a preemptive strike. Uh, The uh, North Koreans are using uh, liquid fuel missiles, although they have some shorter-range solid fuel. Uh, missiles which uh, uh, which can be you know launched from a hidden location on hardly any notice at all but for the liquid fueled missiles even if you launch it from a silo you're going to leave telltale signs that in- Intel can pick up now the only option you have against that and this really hasn't been tried as far as I know I mean at least not tested you could theoretically once it launches you could shoot it down now we would be technically within our powers to do that. It wouldn't actually be an act of war. It would simply be enforcing the, uh, the sanctions. They're not supposed to fire missiles, and they fired one, well, and boom, we knock it down. Now, the only problem with that is, would it work? Trump's the kind of guy, you know, if he asked the, you know, the, I guess the Navy, the Aegis might be the best shot at this, sort literally speaking. Uh, he sounds like he always struck me as a straight shooter, so to speak. He'd ask him, can you do it? Is there a good shot of doing it? You know, what what's the downside? Downside is, you know, the damn thing would come down. Uh, it's unlikely it has a nuclear warhead, but, you know, that you're talking about, you know— uh, it, 40, 50 tons of missile, uh, coming down from, you know, uh, only, uh, 20,000 feet up at you know, less, whatever. Uh, uh, theoretically it's possible. I mean, that's been discussed, but as far as I know, nobody's ever tested it. It's a fairly expensive test. Uh, nobody expected it to come to this. Uh, for all I know, there might be preparations to conduct a test, uh, but right now, there's no time for that. It is literally a wartime situation, so to speak. The other option is, and this one, you know, Trump has alluded to having long talks with uh, his his counterpart in China. Uh, is basically to get the blessing, as it were, of the Chinese godfather. I mean, because China is still a, a police state. I mean, they're a dictatorship as well, just for a healthier economy. Um, to basically do such and such, like. Uh, bomb any uh, launch. Now, see, the problem is, and, and we must never forget this, we've mentioned this for years in Strategy Page. The basic problem is China doesn't know that they own this mess. They've said that loud and clear, and they don't want the mess to get any messier. But uh, threatening other countries with nuclear attack is messy. Uh, you know, that gives the, 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 the target countries, especially like the United States, uh, options they didn't have in 1950. I mean, 1950 literally was a surprise attack, a bolt out of the blue, which we later found out was ordered by C- uh, Russia, not China. China was dragged in later on false promises. That basically poisoned relations between China and Russia forever as after that, so to speak. But that's another issue. The Right now, the only player, so to speak, you have to worry about is China. They do have a mutual self-defense treaty, which they have already said publicly that— uh North Korea cannot automatically depend upon that coming, you know, into play. Now, I mean this this I don't know, this didn't seem to get picked up much in the Western media, but they definitely said it uh in their media. Uh and uh this sort of you know gave the North Koreans pause for a bit, uh, but now they're charging right ahead. I mean the Chinese have concluded that Kim, like his father and unlike his grandfather, is a loose cannon. I mean, the, the guy will not take advice—good uh, advice, like to liberalize his economy, like China did—and and basically, you know, play ball, and China will take care of you. Uh, instead, they've said, "No, no, no, we're going to basically turn into a big bad extortionist and get all of our of our rich enemies to uh, to subsidize us, which they were sort of doing for a while." And of course, you know, the 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 so-called the Marx the. the potential victims, are saying no. Even the new president of—newly-elected president of South Korea, who is a, a more left-leaning than his predecessor, who got, <laughs> got uh, uh, pumped, uh, basically uh, pumped out for uh, uh, corruption, um, uh, the, uh, uh, he is all of a sudden saying, you know, more THAAD missiles, you know, uh, more more preparations for war— uh, of course, that's disastrous for uh, South Korea because uh, they have about a third of their economy and, and, a, and a, a large chunk of the population in the capital city. Uh, that's within artillery uh, range of uh, North Korea. But, again, if you want to send a message to North Koreans that they won't pay attention to, you want to start shooting down their ballistic missiles. Uh, and it's unclear if that's even possible. If Trump has made a deal with China, which will only be used if the— if Trump has a, made a, a, a verbal deal on the phone, whatever, with China to, under certain conditions, uh, do a preemptive strike, then that's a whole different story. But China, obviously, would make a deal like that uh, without you know, wanting it to, to go public before it actually had to be used. So that's a, that's a secret option, uh, which we don't even know exists. Uh, if we do it unilaterally, Uh, China would find that extremely embarrassing. Uh, They don't want to go to war with the United States. Uh, They've already warned North Korea. I mean, the basic problem here is uncertainty. And, uh, you know, uh, China and and everybody agrees, including China, that, you know, uh, uh, it's uncertain what North Korea is going to do next. They're very unpredictable. Uh, They don't abide by any agreements. uh, So you can't depend upon them. And, uh, you know, Trump, you know, uh, basically implying that uh, he is making deals, and he's not going to, you know, let the details out until he has to use them. Uh, whether or not North Korea is getting this message, I doubt. They have no options. They have painted themselves into a corner. They have to make the extortion uh, scheme work, uh, which everybody has sworn up and down they will not do it anymore. They've tried it for, you know, ever since the nineteen nineties and um, you know uh china is basically not want to, wants to avoid having the north korea collapse and they have to go pick up the pieces uh deals may be made but uh, nobody's letting the public or maybe not even north korea you on exactly what they are yet we'll have to see if they launch another missile uh that's going to push the all the leaders involved uh further into their own little corners where they're going to have to, especially the ones in democracies, where you're going to have to basically uh, speak up and reassure the people. Uh, China is really not in that position. Russia, they figure, what the hell, you know? <laughs> We're far, far away. They can, you know, Russia's basically say that, hey, not my problem, which is ironic considering they're the ones who started it originally. Um, but, you know, there we are.
0: Austin, you have a take on what's. Being prepared from an intelligence standpoint, like that. Well, share uh, that with uh, us? Uh, let me come on a
1: couple of things uh, Jim said. Yeah, I, I think you tweeted this uh, in a strategy page editorial tweet about the uh, uh, article I wrote for the New York Observer that, uh, like July the sixth or seventh, like that, that laid out six options for dealing with north korea and uh, three of them were really what i'll call you know military muscle type uh uh, type options Uh, one option four had some of what jim is talking about shooting their missiles down i I call it return of return of serve uh as a operation return of serve and i've i've developed that a little bit more yet i think some of our listeners know that i was a for four years a reservist in what was missile defense during the Clinton administration. I had a reserve slot uh, in what was called the Ballistic Missile Defense Organization. So I got a lot of uh, background, firsthand experience, actually, with, uh, with missile defense, getting to participate in some uh, exercises that, uh, I had, uh, that missile defense had. And uh, I know that the discussion of how you could use uh, uh, anti-ballistic missiles or anti-missile missiles uh, in in certain types of scenarios included as a a, a capability demonstration in shooting down uh, enemy missiles. Uh, I, I, I said it myself. In 1997, during an exercise that we're participating in in in, in Fort uh, at Fort Bliss, is that you, know, you could you could use that as as an option in certain types of political uh, diplomatic uh, b- a building confrontation. Now, no, I'm I'm not uh, pleading that, that I was looking at 2016-2017 uh, North Korea, but you can see how. Uh, how that's come to a, a situation where you could do that, and Jim was describing it, if you had the uh, anti-missile missiles uh, correctly positioned. Uh, now, the problem with shooting down early in boost phase, as Jim was suggesting, uh, is is that most of our uh, FAD is still really a terminal system, even though it could pick up up. Uh, a, uh, I'm, I'm, I am almost certain it could pick up a uh, North Korean uh, ballistic missile that's rising before it, it, it enters the uh, it, it, it enters near space um, and on, on certain on certain trajectories. But Patriot is a is a. Terminal system point defense, uh, the standard three the Navy has on its ballistic missile uh, defense warships, uh, Aegis ships, uh, the destroyers and cruisers can hit exoatmospheric, uh, but that's and and could hit something on the way up, but it's really again designed to to pick up something that's uh, in and uh, maybe exoatmospheric, but starting to uh, a plunge back The uh, any, Anyway that's, it, it could be done We really don't have systems per se For that What we were going to use For a boost phase intercept Was the airborne laser Which if you remember Dan We had a chemical laser A big chemical laser On the front nose Of a specially configured Boeing 747 And that was uh, put in mothballs in, uh, in 2012 by the Obama administration there were still problems with using it and firing it uh, through the atmosphere horizontally through the atm- atmosphere. There were some diffusion problems uh, with it, but that was the boost phase interceptor. Uh, that that said, as Jim said, you could do this well uh, on test launches, demonstrate the capability, and show that you can uh, uh, you have a. a intercept capability, a defensive uh, uh, capability, and that that might, if you were dealing with a uh, rational actor—I know there's a debate over what kind of rational actor Kim Jong-un is. There are several uh, defense uh, magazines and websites that swear he's, he's rational. Jim told you a little bit about the way the Chinese see him. He doesn't take advice from anybody else. Uh, so he's, he's very impulsive. He doesn't know what he's going to do half the time. It seems, other than carry out the extortion scheme, because he's in his country's in such uh, uh, desperate straits. But if you did d- demonstrate it, uh, you 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 have shown that you are not as vulnerable as uh, he wants, uh, as Kim and the uh, uh, regime wants, uh, wants its enemies to feel. Well I should put it this way, Japan and the United States are not his fault. Because certain parts of South Korea, like Jim said, particularly the northern third or northern half of Seoul, are within range of North Korean uh, tube and, and rocket artillery that are in these hardened positions. They hide in tunnels. They roll out uh, and come out and shoot, and then go back and, and hide in the tunnels uh, that are uh, built just north of the DMZ. Jim also pointed out how much, uh, what, how productive, uh, economically important Seoul is. South Korea's GDP uh, is somewhere between 1.5 trillion and 2 trillion. There's uh different ways of calculating, but it's a, so it's a wealthy country, given its, especially given its size, and uh, something in, in, but between a third to a half of its productivity is uh, within the greater Seoul area, and that runs roughly from a town called Chinon uh, right on up to within 10 kilometers of the DMZ. And I, I'm speaking from uh, personal experience of going past uh, on the bus, uh, going up to Panmunjom to uh, look at the uh, UN truce village up there. I was on the tourist bus, and one of the uh, uh, tourist guides points out a uh, subway stop or a train-commuter train stop, and that was the last one uh, on the Seoul commuter train, and, and Dan, I'm going to say it's 10 kilometers, 8 kilometers. 12, maybe, uh, south of the of the DMZ. And their suburbs and their little industrial parks and office buildings strung out between that uh, train stop and going on back to the center of Seoul and then south down to Chonan. And a great deal of it is within artillery range. Uh, certainly within uh, battlefield uh, uh, missile range and uh, quick strike aircraft though I don't know how uh, many of those are going to get through because it is re- it's really heavily uh, the, the, the northern part of Seoul is he- heavily and, and well defended. But I've laid out something that that what N- North Korea does is threaten uh, threaten Seoul and to a degree hold Seoul hostage and in any military operation to a preemptive strike, as Jim said, you've got to take that into consideration that uh, it's it's not just an asset to South Korea, uh, Seoul is a contributor to the global economy. Any place that's pumping in, what was he going to say, 800 billion, a trillion, it depends on again again how you would uh, calculate it. And uh, uh, global GDP is a significant, very significant uh, a uh, 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 place. Um, so you've got the, uh, uh, you do have the anti ballistic missile uh, option, and I'm talking about it as if it were a political option. I had in that Observer article, I call it option five, and it's decapitation, which is uh, a euphemism for assassination or toppling, t- encouraging a coup. And, and uh, by the North Korean army, there are lots of, of versions of this particular scenario, and I think I read the first one <laughs> maybe uh, maybe 15 years ago, maybe more, more than that. Uh, how would you, would you encourage and Kim Jong uh, uh, Il, Kim Jong Un's uh, father, was uh, in charge then. Uh, how, how do you encourage the North Korean? Army to uh, launch a coup to topple the uh, Kim regime. Well, uh, maybe it goes through China. Well, we really don't know because the regime is so opaque, and there are so many terrified people. And if the Kim Kims think there's any any action against them, they haul the officers out and uh, shoot them. Recently, what was it? In the last two years, killed uh, four or five senior officers, and they shot them with light anti-aircraft guns, uh, uh, and and took uh, took film uh, of it. So that was an option. It is a military option of sorts. I've seen another in and another defense website had a uh, uh, talked about it, South Korean special forces, and apparently they were referring to a. An article uh, about South Korean special forces could infiltrate, they said, the North to uh, hunt down Kim or senior regime uh, officials. They would be, in other words, uh, mirroring one of the uh, operations that the North Koreans have planned for the South and have even exercised it when they send uh, commandos uh, into, into South Korea. And we get what I called Option Six, which I suppose Jim and I will discuss here in a minute. Amounts to a preemptive strike, but what it does is it escalates uh, the the Korean War. And I'm going to be a little bit of a historian here on this Korean War isn't over, Dan. And when you I read these reports that Afghanistan's America's longest war, um, no, uh, an armistice supposedly is in effect but north korea has how many times jim four or five times renounced the armistice since uh, 1953 i forget the number of times they
2: do it regularly. they do it regularly yeah
1: i mean and they they make a big deal of it and it's it's and and, and it's all it, all you've really got along the dmc is two armies dug in and facing each other and it's a very very uh, cold cold peace and uh, north korea Oh, uh, when was their last uh, big assault? Uh, I know they shelled a couple of islands. Uh, in 2010, of course, they sunk the Corvette Chonan, well, uh, uh, small destroyer, destroyer escort Corvette, and it was named Chonan, just like the city, and killed uh, 46 South Korean uh, sailors. So that, that was a huge, had a huge political impact. On South Korea because I said we we can't deal with these guns. They want sneak attacks and kill our kill our uh, uh, sailors, kill our soldiers. And when I was in South Korea uh, in was it 2012, I think um, I, I I went to their military museum and they had a little memorial in there for those sailors. Uh, out of the 46 killed, I'm going to guess. Thirty-five or thirty-six of them were under the age of twenty-three, and uh, that was that was pretty uh, pretty. Uh, that's my my rough memory on it. But you get an impression: hey, wait a minute, they uh, they killed a bunch of young uh, young South Koreans, and that uh, that made a an impression on the new generation of uh, of South Koreans. It's another reason that South Korea, as Jim said, the you know, the rich victims are saying we're not going to be victims with you guys anymore, and uh, we're we're going to get uh, we're going to meet tough with tough. The problem with tough with tough again is the artillery around Seoul, and now the emergence of uh, nuclear weapons and uh, nuclear weapons on ballistic missiles with increasing range. I, I, and I'll I'll i will cut it off there. But with this. Point. you asked me about intelligence I guess I guess we'll come back around uh, to that well let me make a, let me make a comment uh, I have I feel pretty secure in saying that South Korea and the United States and Japan have a very good idea where the North Korean artillery positions and hardened artillery positions north of the DMZ are located and we have weapon systems ranging from massive coordinates, air bursts, you know, the mother of all bombs uh, type, uh, pinpoint, uh, you know, J-DAMs. Uh, J you know, even have some weapons you can put on drones that uh, would essentially seal those tunnels, uh, whether they destroyed the, the artillery or not, uh, kill a lot of the crews. The life, lifespan of some of these North Korean artillery um uh, 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 uh artillery units will be very very short uh how much damage they do uh, in the their short lifespan uh, there a range of, uh, of estimates on uh take take a lot of focus a lot of firepower but it they'd be done suppressed and, and and destroyed that would be part that would have to be part I think of any preemptive uh, uh, operation to knock out uh, North Korea's uh, special weapons, because they have chemical weapons as well, uh, and they could fire those chemical weapons uh, on, on Seoul. And it's uh, growing nuclear arsenal, and it's uh, ballistic missiles. Uh, one other comment about intelligence, obviously, where are the missiles hidden? And as Jim said, they do have some uh, solid fuel, uh, shorter range ballistic missiles, uh, one that can be configured and probably has been that because they fired it from a, a test, a test submarine. Uh, uh, Navy needs to know where that, those the, these uh, these subs are so they don't. North Korea doesn't get off a, a, uh, a, a surprise, a, a surprise shot. Uh, but, uh, Jim, do you want to take over and talk about what uh, the first 10
2: minutes of a preemptive strike might look like? Or preempt- well, the, the South Koreans, we know they've done a lot of preparations. Again, we've been covering that for you know, 20 years now. Oh, um, and the... Years, yeah. and, well, no, no, I mean strategy page. The yeah. uh, uh, And both Austin and I have been in South Korea and, you know, and stayed in touch, as it were. The thing is... The South Koreans uh, uh, are are very secretive, which, well, they should be, Uh, and they, um, uh, we know as years go by, certain things come out that said, oh, they really did do that. I mean, they built their own cruise missiles, they built some ballistic missiles, they basically, they're about to be freed from previous uh, treaties with the United States, which limited the the capabilities and ranges of their own ballistic missiles, which they could make much more of. Uh, as the old saying goes, uh, we're, we're talking about a war that might start tomorrow. So, what can they do right now? Well, uh, I, I know from again what they've, uh, what has leaked out, as it were, is they have, uh, they do have now in their possession uh, guided weapons, both cruise missiles uh, and um, and some ballistic missiles, uh, both their own and American. Uh, the U.S. has practiced with B-1 bombers and B-2s. I believe they have these new uh, uh, carriages, uh, you know, uh, uh, for the uh, for the carrying internally and externally the smaller, uh, small diameter bomb (SDB bomb) uh, which weighs almost three hundred pounds each. And uh, these are GPS with a backup. And, and, and they've tested firing multiple, you know hundreds of those you know from one plane uh, to see if they could all hit you know separate targets and apparently this does work whether or not the South Koreans wanted want to basically bet a large chunk of their economy and thousands and thousands of their citizens on this working they, it, it, it's hard to say but see the problem is if the Kore- North Koreans get to decide when the attack is going to happen, you're not going to have a lot of these options. You have to have the B-1Bs, uh, you know, armed and in the air uh, in order to carry out this, this suppression, you know, mission, as they call it, uh, trying to knock out the tunnel entrances and whatnot. The other thing to keep in mind, and this everybody keeps in mind, is that uh, any going to war is a suicide mission, definitely, for the current North Korean government. Uh they will be, you know, the Kims and their 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 ilk, as it were. They will all be dead or out of a job. And the Chinese have made that right, that very clear. And everybody else has. Well, I think a lot of North Koreans agree, uh, <clears throat> because the Kims have brought nothing but misery uh, to the North Korea. And although they can basically coerce a lot of people out on the street, you know, to go goose stepping past the uh, the great leader. Um, uh, the uh, the proliferation of uh, of smartphones uh, has provided more access, and of course, more people getting out, uh, out there and getting to South Korea where they can speak freely, uh, or if they still have family, they speak freely to the intelligence people and not to the media. But the 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 basically the trend line on that is uh, uh, well, a lot of North Koreans basically go Zikhail, you know, to save their lives a lot of them would were, were just as soon put a bullet in, in Mr. Kim uh, than send him more flowers. Uh, but they can't. I mean, basically, the police state stays in power, as police states do, by taking care of the secret police and, and most of the security forces. But even they are hurting. Uh, so it's basically, it's a, it's a one-shot deal. Uh, if Kim basically, you know, uh, takes a real shot, and they tested this in, two, as Austin pointed out, 2010. You know, they fired artillery on 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 basically South Korean civilians. Uh, it was ostensibly on a military base, but they killed some civilians. They sank a uh, a, a South Korean warship, uh, which they denied. But you know, the South Korean no, South they, Korea.
1: they did. They, it was stone
2: cold that they did it because I that, know, but officially, yeah. officially they deny it. Uh, but but the evidence was dug literally off the ocean floor. Um, and of course, internally, we found out from defectors that, of course, we did it, but officially we didn't. So that's the game they're trying to play. But they found the bounce back from that was uh, they've not been able to get another uh, government in South Korea since then that is willing to basically even consider uh, uh, giving into the extortion demands. Uh, not only that, after 2010, South Korea began furiously to, to even increase their pace of pre-armament. South Korea is one of the 10 most, most affluent countries in the world. They've come a long way, you know since the 1960s when I was there. Uh, and uh, their military, they export uh, world-class weapons, uh, and they're exporting more. And they're building them. Unfortunately, a lot of the plans to build components and, and, and assemble them are within artillery range. So they've got themselves in the dilemma. I mean, they didn't know. I mean, it was not an option back when they started industrializing in the seventies and eighties to to move to to prohibit uh, heavy any you know any key industries from uh, uh, from basically setting up shop uh, towards Seoul. I mean, you can't really plan ahead for that sort of nonsense. Uh, they didn't know. They didn't believe that you know the the, the the subsidies from Russia would be cut off promptly in in 1991, uh, and uh, now, like I say, Kim has backed himself into a corner. It's either pay me or, or 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 I die. You know, it's the old you know the old movie, you know, Blazing Saddles. You know, the guy holds a gun to his head and he says, you know, back off or I, I kill myself or I, I, I kill my hostage, which is me. Well, that, that
1: it's, uh, uh, Jim, you're about the fourth person. Uh, I know that has brought up that famous Cleavon Little shtick in *Blazing Saddles*, where he's holding the, a gun to his own head and do, doing two different voices. And Slim Pickens and the and the bad guys finally give in and said, "Oh no, don't shoot him, don't shoot him." Okay, but that is somewhat of what's uh, it's it's it does say something about the situation the Kim regime uh, has has put itself in. However, it's not just a gun pointed at their own head. They're pointing a gun at everyone else's head. They got, that's the gun is. Uh, they can take that shot uh, on on South Korea now. Probably take that shot on uh, parts of Japan. Uh, could take a shot at, at Guam. I'm not sure how accurate it would be. But then if you put a hundred and sixty kiloton warhead on it, you've, you're 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 going to hit it. You're going to do damage. Uh, Maybe they can hit Honolulu, and now you're starting to get in. Can they hit Seattle? Oh, can they hit Los Angeles? Those are huge. It, it, one one bomb like that would do huge damage to <laughs> major Amer- American cities. Now, there's I don't want to get off on the electromagnetic pulse attack, but I'm I th- I think that would be uh, uh,
2: disastrous no anyway but keep in mind they've been escalating the threat not the capability well I, they well, they've launched missiles they tested bombs underground, and we've explained again and again the details of building the warhead that would that actually a small enough reliable enough warhead that would fit in a in, in a missile they have the missiles are unreliable uh they have to fire multiple missiles I mean they they're nowhere near Having a real, you know, nuclear ice cream. but they keep getting closer, and they won't stop. And, and China's China is not willing to cut them off completely. China is the only one that can.
1: Well, that's that's why there's time is it is running out. You know, I don't disagree with you, and I've read enough and I know enough about reentry vehicles. Again, thanks to my soldier in, in missile defense about uh, how you. <laughs> how tough it is to build one that is reliable. Uh, I'm certain that South Korea and Japan could do it if they decided to to do it. And I know ours work. That's ours
2: work. And I... uh, Well, see, now that's something else that we haven't brought up. The other threat, which Trump may have made, uh, is that, uh, you know, he would say, well, you know, my my friends in South Korea and Japan and and Taiwan are saying, well, maybe we should have nuclear weapons. All three of these countries could build them. Uh, Tillerson said that, Jim, in March. Tillerson said it. But I'm talking about Trump to Xi, you know, the two okay. heads of state on the telephone, Trump saying, you know, maybe our best defense here is to let our smaller allies in in, in Eastern Asia uh, build their own nukes, because that appears to be the only way to go. I mean, basically, as the old saying goes, and Trump grew up in New York, where the saying was, we'll make you an offer you can't refuse. And it wasn't just the mafia that used that. It was many, many businesses, many people I've done business with. Um, and uh and when you can pull that off, you basically get what you want. So North Korea has been trying, but we could do it very quickly, very inexpensively. We don't. All it, we everybody says, "Oh, we don't want proliferation, what have you." But if it's the easiest way to assure your, how should I put it, uh, own defense, well, what are you going to do? And I that, and China, and China has to be afraid of that, as does Russia. I mean, they got angry enough when. Uh, Japan and South Korea started getting reliable, you know, proven anti missile missiles installed. How uncomfortable would they be if their future targets, as it were, got their own nukes? All right, I'm gonna throw you
1: a softball, Jim. What happens in Beijing and China when the Japanese get nuclear
2: weapons? Oh, they How go do they, see they, that? they metaphorically go nuclear. Uh, because they basically, I mean, they build up Japan to be the big bad uh, for what went on during, uh, you know, uh, uh, World War II. Where the Chinese, the Japanese, did misbehave in a big way. Um, the but, Japanese were awful. I mean, what they did. They I, the no, 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 was no, 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 and then they and they and they weren't much. They and they were about as bad in, in South Korea for forty years. But the problem is that you look at Chinese history. If you want to play that blame game, you know, the North Koreans. The North Koreans joked that the national dress for the women, it makes them more like pregnant. He says, well, that deters the, the rapists from China. Um, and they are manchury ch- or whatever. I mean, the North Koreans and the Japanese have been facing, you know, uh, larger powers, as it were, facing them off for a long time. And the only reason they're still independent is because they've succeeded. By hook or by crook, they've kept the Chinese out. You know, it's like the Irish, you know, that they could never defeat the the British militarily, but they never gave up. And if never giving up in these days involves having your own nukes, well, you know, what can you do? Uh, Because, you know, the the Japanese, you know, they used to joke, and this is before the current crisis, that um, uh, how how could they... uh, A Japanese reporter would ask a a, a Japanese official, uh, she said, uh, the joke is... we've heard that it might take six months for you to actually put together a workable nuke. And the official stops and thinks for a while, he says, yes, it might take that long. And, you know, it's not really a joke when it comes to the Japanese, if, if national survival's at stake, I mean, long-term they're dead because they're not reproducing, but short-term the Chinese could still do it for them, you know, in an afternoon. Uh, and if having nukes is the difference between, you know, surviving and not, uh, what are you going to do? And the Japanese, the Japanese and the South Koreans, and maybe not so much the Taiwanese, they don't want to build nukes. They don't really want to be in the nuclear club. That brings a lot of you know, diplomatic baggage and what have you. Um, and nor do the Chinese or the Russians, especially the Chinese. But hey, if you're not going to do anything about your protege, and that's China, North Korea, uh, building nukes and testing them and threatening neighbors with them, what do you expect? And if Look. Trump said that, and we won't, we will hopefully we'll eventually find out what actually was said. But uh, again, I know Trump's played hardball, business-wise, before, and eventually it comes out. Um, so he certainly used that tactic, and uh, you know he's a a new kind of president. So who the hell knows? Know. But that's one book that would work.
1: I want to make a comment on on, on how much long it would take uh, Japan to assemble a nuclear weapon. it's what way I put it. Assemble a nuclear weapon. Uh, I, I heard this discussed twenty years ago, Jim. I think I yeah, before two thousand. I probably told you about it. Maybe seventy-two, seventy-two hours, yeah. ninety-six hours, four days. Yeah. And you think about what Japan can do. I. That's that's uh, that's reasonable. And would it? Would you know? It's not. It hadn't been tested. And like that, but the Japanese are so technically adept that uh, that I would think that their systems would work. And I, know, I th- know the Chinese believe they would work, and they would be the Japanese uh, weapons would be very similar to U.S. weapons.
2: Yeah, it's the old, it's the old mutually assured destruction. If, yeah. there's, if there's, a good chance that the other guy has nukes. Nuclear war doesn't, nuclear war doesn't pay. I mean, yep. there's no, there's no, there's no upside. Everybody loses big time.
1: I was, I was on one of their high South Korean high, high speed trains leaving uh, Seoul going, uh, uh, going south. And I'm sitting in there, in their, their TVs in, in, on the, on these trains uh, that will have uh, Japanese, uh, Chinese and English uh, translations of, of the, uh, uh, on the Korean. Uh, messages, all all three language uh, all three languages, and uh, I was sitting across the aisle from a fellow I knew was Chinese. Uh, he had his passport out, and he was sitting there. And what comes up, and part of this was in English, was a North Korean ambassador to the UN threatening to destroy South Korea with nuclear weapons. So out of the corner of my eye, I look at this Chinese businessman, and I can, I, I'm not exaggerating on this. He's looking at that, and I'm thinking, South Korea and and, and, and China are major trading partners. China, Japan is is, is what, number three with China, uh, Jim, somewhere yeah. in, yeah. in, 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 in there, and they make a lot of money together. And here's this impoverished a uh, violent Stalinist gulag getting nuclear weapons and threatening to drop a nuke right in the place that this uh Chinese man and, and I are and he's there doing business and I'm visiting I, and I, I China's in the, the way my little story actually reinforces some things that Jim said China's in this and China China North Korea at is ultimately threatens China's position. I think the Chinese know that. There's a threat to them with a North Korean regime armed with nuclear weapons and claiming they're going to use them.
0: Well, thanks, guys. Uh, We'll wrap it up there, and we'll talk to you next time. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.